Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Assalamu alaykum dear brothers and sisters and welcome to Al-Bayan Live. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear brother Sheikh Nasim Abadi. Assalamu alaykum. Wa alaykum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing today? Alhamdulillahi Rabbil excellent so far. As as always, it's great to have you back with, with us live in Albayan Radio Studios. The pleasure is always mine, alhamdulillah. On this nice, sunny, but quite windy day. Windy, uh, humidity is starting, and that's the killer, humidity. Naam. Now, have you been for since the last time we spoke to you? Everything's up and down, I guess. <laughs> always good, alhamdulillah, but uh, you get up. And come down a little bit. Go what up, up, parents say? So right, yeah? a, lot of, a lot of differences, a lot of changes, subhanAllah. But uh, in general, been good, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, this is Why the Muslim Woman, part four. For those who have not uh, listened to the first few parts, you can find them in the description there on YouTube or Facebook. And you can catch up on those first three parts. We'd like to welcome all our viewers watching on YouTube and Facebook. If you'd like to contribute and leave your messages or suggestions or questions, you can there on the live stream. Sheikh Nasim, let's let's get into a quick recap of the first few parts. We uh, we're still in the introduction, and yes. we'll go through some of the, the introductory do. points that we've already given. Obviously, without expanding on them, but just going over them. And if anyone wants to expand on them, they can go to the first three lessons, inshallah. Uh, from the introduction introductory points was that this is a topic not limited to Muslim women, uh, but they're the last stand and the biggest target, and we'll find out why, inshallah. And sure. maybe possibly we can get into that today. And number two, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us. And so where he slaves, he knows us best. And when we want to know what's right, what's wrong, we go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he's our creator, he's our sustainer, he's our Lord. We go back to him to follow what he placed for us. And what he placed for us is that which is most appropriate for us. We mentioned also from the points that modern Western philosophies aren't based on religion, science, history, or even reality. But they're based on whims and desires. And this is uh, a massive problem that a lot of people, when they talk about these topics of what's right and wrong, they don't take this uh, point into uh, consideration. That, okay, what makes the way that the modern female is presented and how she should be, what is that based on? Is it based on religion? No. We should, as Muslims, automatically stop there. But, okay, we'll continue with you. Is it based on science? No. Is it based on history? No. Is it based on reality even? No. So this is a, a massive issue. Uh, the next point was that men and women are different. Forget the word the same. Forget the word equal. Men and women are different. Uh, physically speaking, emotionally speaking, we are different beings. And so we need to be treated differently. Just the same way you would say there's a difference, even though they're humans, between an adult and a child. We're not saying one uh, man is like the adult, the woman is like the child. No. We're saying they're both human beings, but they are different. The adult thinks a certain way, the child thinks a certain way. Okay, and that's why we have laws that govern adults and laws that govern children because they're different. Males, females, just because they're human beings doesn't mean that they are the same. There are things that are appropriate for men that are not appropriate for females and vice versa. Uh, the woman literally, after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the builder of societies and the next generation. And we ended off there. And if I'm not mistaken, we left off two of the introductory points, which inshallah Azza wa Jal will go over today. Now, it's very interesting, Sheikh Nasim, since we see what is happening uh, in the world today, the Muslim woman once again at the forefront 
with what's happening in certain rebellions or certain protests. The Muslim woman is being used and uh, issues to do with the woman are being put at the forefront of the so-called oppression and therefore you have to stand against oppression. How do you stand against oppression? Take that off which is setting you back and making you backwards and they're attacking the hijab once again. It's going to... Repetitive, continue, isn't it? It's going to continue that way. It's going to be maintained that way. It's uh, it's a form of psychological warfare, if you will, and I don't mind using that word. It's very, very, very hard for me to come to you and say, I want you to change who you are as a person. I want Nidal Ayyubi to, to change. I want Abu Abdurrahman to change. It's very hard because you don't want to accept that. When you come and tell me, oh, you, uh, you know, you, I want you to change, and my automatic response is, hold on a second, who are you to tell me what to do? So there's a bit of a, a move away from that. You have to move away from that. You have to say, okay, if I don't want that confrontation, what do I do? I need to come very subtly. So I come and say, Abu Abdurrahman, have you tried this? This is going to help your life so much. My end goal is what? My end goal is to get you to change completely. But how do I take that first step? How do I get that ball rolling? How do I start that avalanche? Just by, you know, this little incremental change, if you will, which will later on snowball to a uh, much worse uh, outcome and conclusion, unfortunately. Now, and Sheikh, this is what they're doing today, and they've been doing it for a very, very, very long time. Sheikh Nassim, I saw like uh, one guy saying, you know, show solidarity with your sisters, take off your hijab and burn it as well, or whatever, or something similar to that. This is like, this is some of the things that they're presenting to our sisters. And now, alhamdulillah, most of our sisters are wise enough to know that the hijab is not a customary practice, it's not a traditional practice, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's an order from Allah and a Muslim is honored to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something we should send out to our sisters that Allah has honored you with the hijab and you are honored to be a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So do not let these these slogans, these really empty slogans, cheap slogans really, that only deceive those who are pretty much already deceived, uh, affect you. Again, it's a life point that I mention over and over and over again. I'm sure many of my friends hate it including my family members, uh, but it works. And that is, know your di- know your destination, you know your direction. Uh, when you go to get into your car and you want to go somewhere you don't know and you want to put it in the GPS, the first thing you do is put where you want to end up and then it gives you the ways to get there. How do you know what to do, what's right and wrong, if you don't know what you want to achieve at the end? If we say to ourselves, we live in this life day by day, not knowing what our reality in this world is, not knowing what our purpose is, if we think, okay, we die, and then we just become uh, dust and dirt, and you know we wither away with the wind, that's our reality. Yeah, 100%. Go do all of these stupid things. Give your ear to all of these stupid things. You won't have any problem because that's your reality. You have no reality. So everything is maybe for you. Why not for you? But if your reality is, no, it's different. I am in this dunya, and I'm created to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of these things, as soon as you have that as your understanding... All of these things of disobey Allah Azza wa Jalla and go against the laws of Allah Azza wa Jalla and rebel against the Sharia or even these slogans of solidarity. Who who are you uh, going to join arms with? Who are you going to support? What cause are you going to support? That is automatically made clear for you. If you remember, okay, I'm going to die and I'm going to be resurrected and I'm going to be held accountable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, automatically becomes easy for you to understand your right and wrong. Because no, that's not going to be conducive to my hereafter. So let me stop myself from now so that I don't fall into those issues in the future. It's very, very, very simple. Know, your, know what you're doing. Know where you're going. Know what you want to achieve. 
and all of these things become very, very simple for you. On top of the fact, if you're a Muslim, and I don't want to get too much into it because the, the enemies of Islam use it as a bigger problem. On top of the fact that, without doubt, certain parts of the world, especially certain people that implement certain types of Islam, we know how wrong it is. Like the version of Islam that they implement, we know how wrong it is. Both religiously and even logically. Where any person who has a bit of uh, rationale can see straight through it. Those people hate Islam not because they know the right Islam. And when we say the right Islam, we're not talking about the Islam that only you and I conform to. No. We're talking about the Islam of Ahl Sunnah. Okay? So we can be very clear. The Islam of Ahl Sunnah. They don't know the manhaj of Ahl Sunnah. So what they see is something very, 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 very far-fetched. And they disbelieve in it. And they look at it as foreign. That this weird, you know, made-up religion came and overtook us. You know, one of the greatest empires that ever existed in history. And so for us, we hate it because it's clearly wrong. And then it took away, you know, our great standing that we had in the world once upon a time. And so when they attack Islam in those parts of the world, they're not attacking correct Islam, what Islam is. So when other people who do conform to that right Islam see them, they get a little bit confused and they don't know how to differentiate between what their issues are in those countries mm. with their forms of Islam or their forms of government and what Islam actually is. So don't fall into that uh, any silly mistake. It's like uh, certain uh, Christians, for example, when they leave, and this is happening, a big issue in the Western world. They leave Christianity because they say this thing is like stupidity at its peak. Okay, not my words, their words. This thing is stupidity at its peak. All we're doing is following pagan ways, pagan rituals, the inconsistencies in the Bible, the contradictions in the Bible, the Trinity not making sense, etc., etc., etc. We're going to leave it. And because they leave Christianity, now they've painted a picture that all organized religions, all organized religions are the same as Christianity. None of them make sense, so there's no point in looking at them. The best I'm going to be is an agnostic. I'm going to believe in God, but with no uh, conforming to a particular religion. This is happening, unfortunately, to a lot of people from certain sects in Islam, where they think that all of Islam and all of the sects in Islam are like that. So when they leave that bad sect, that sect that doesn't make sense religiously or logically, they have that bad picture for everything to do with Islam. And this is a massive issue which we need to understand so that we don't fall into that mistake of supporting people who aslan their, their foundation for their understanding of right and wrong is completely buckled. And before we begin part four, after this brief introduction and recap, uh, one final point regarding what we're facing and seeing is that really true victory and aid and, and, and in this world and the next victory, uh, success is by obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will never come through disobeying Allah or leaving off that which Allah has legislated. Your metric of success is what? Again, you need to know from the introductory points we mentioned for, for a reason. You knowing that you're a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your measure of success is that I am successful in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That could mean that you die alone with no followers, not influencing anyone, extremely poor. You still are successful in the eyes of Allah azza wa jal, which is ultimate success. If you are a person who has no foundation, you don't stand upon anything, you have no reality, you have no substance, correct, you're going to follow, uh, you're going to go with the tide. If the, the tide is going this way, you're going to go that way. If the tide is going out, you're going to get out with it, which is what societies do today. If you are an individual, you've got nothing, no substance, where's the society going? I'm going to go with it. Success is X, Y, Z. Ah, that's your measure of success. 
Islamically, you're able to stand against the tide. Why? Because you have a different substance. You have a different measure. And that's my Quran and my Sunnah. When we're told of prophets, prophets who Allah Azza chose to be holders and givers of that message, the message of Islam, the Prophet tells us about some of them, and they will come with three followers on the Day of Judgment, some with two followers on the Day of Judgment, some with one follower on the Day of Judgment, some with zero followers on the Day of Judgment. Zero followers. Imagine a person who, if he was to give da'wah today, end up with no one in his lessons and no followers. The automatic assumption of a person with no substance is this guy's a failure. This guy's a dud. This guy doesn't know how to talk to people. This guy, there must be something wrong with him. But if he's doing everything correct, the results are in the hands of who? In the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If he's doing everything correct and no one followed him, that's not a problem because Allah Azza wa doesn't measure your success through how many people you brought to your lesson. But rather through, did you fulfill the responsibility that was upon you? If the answer is yes, then you are successful, even if no one followed you. As Muslims, we have that, we have that measure of success. So a lot of these people, unfortunately, when they try and look at you know, what is good, what is, prep, what is appropriate, what is strength, what is this, what is that. They look the ways of achieving it incorrectly and they look at the reality of it was also incorrect. If we look back at the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when Allah Azza wa Jalla aided the believers, we were never as Muslims uh, people who had the upper hand militarily, either in numbers or in uh, mili- uh, military capabilities. We didn't have the upper hand, but we had the assistance from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, which means we defeated our enemies. It's literally as simple as that. Literally as simple as that. And even when the Muslims were considered the most successful, if we didn't have the obedience, we're talking about in history, if we didn't have the obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Islamically, we're not considered successful. We can have the most beautiful architecture in the world. We can have all of the gold and silver in the world. We can have the, the greatest of clothing and the greatest of uh, uh, inventions in the world. But... If we weren't abiding by the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we as Muslims consider that as uh, failure. The non-Muslims talk about the, Muslim, the Islamic golden age. We look at it as failure. If we weren't abiding by the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our measure of success and what is right and wrong is very different to a non-Muslim. And we need to always keep that in the forefront of our minds. Okay, Sheikh Nassim, let's kick off tonight's proceedings or today's proceedings with part four. Tonight already. Tonight, uh, yeah. Kick off, yeah. Grand final week, huh? They don't want to have to mention it, but it's kick off. I'm not saying who I support, but I just really hope Parramatta lose. Battle of the West. Yeah. I just really hope Parramatta lose. Yeah. If it was possible. And I apologize to all my friends that love Parramatta. Yeah. I, yeah, really, really, really hope from the bottom of my heart that Parramatta lose. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the next option is actually Penrith winning. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm as long as Parramatta lose... Like, have you seen those bumper stickers? They haven't been around for a few years. But there's, uh, I go for this team and anyone who versus that team. So uh, I go for this team, I'll leave so a blank. You, you grew up and sp- anyone who is, and anyone who's versing Parramatta. So you grew up supporting who? Uh, grew up and still a, uh, what do I call it? A, not a sad supporter. A something supporter of the Canterbury Banks and Bulldogs, yeah. Well, look, we're in the home of... Uh here in yeah. Gural Belmore. Yes, just down the road. Down the road, Get excited huh? every Literally time I down come. the road, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to see Belmore when, when there's a grand final on, have you? I, ha- I haven't been... Oh, no, yeah. We, when, we, we always yeah, see I, I thought you were talking about the stadium. But yeah, of course. No, we've, no, we've the, seen ho- the whole area, yeah. Yeah. Islamically, okay, so this is, again, <laughs> our measure of right and wrong Islamically. Now, what goes on is... 
Because you know the masjid it's not, here it's is not the where, the, where the radio station is at the back of the masjid. Actually, here is like the end of the lap they do yeah. when the when they're celebrating. So they finish the company so and there. continue no, on. They, they, you know, they do the lap from you know the heart of Belmore. Come over here. They do a U and they keep going back. So we got all same. night. Just doesn't stop. Yeah. And behavior, which Allah guide them. Amen. Now, if both teams could lose, I would hope that it was possible or a draw. But someone's got to win, as you know. Or something happens and the game gets called off. World War Three or something. I don't know. They probably still play. <laughs> yeah, especially because of the West. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can only imagine they're not giving it up for for much. Anyway, let's get into it. Bismillah. We have uh, this next point again. The second last one that we have from the introductory points. Is that the West again? So we're talking, still talking about the West, the Battle of the West. The West is the best at marketing, even if their product is the worst. And this is uh, a fact that's undeniable. Uh, so many times this was actually mentioned by some of the Mashaykh when we were overseas, and they were talking about just us as Ahl Sunnah and other people. And they said, Where's Ahl Sunnah? We have the best product, but our marketing isn't the best. And others, they have the worst of products, but their marketing is just much better. And human beings, we are extremely attracted to marketing. And we see that even ourselves, like when we go shopping, uh, because, you know, there's a red sticker or a red tag, uh, sorry, a yellow sticker or a red tag, we automatically think, okay, that's the product I, I want. Even though value for money-wise, it doesn't necessarily mean much. Or if you look at how much you're saving, sometimes it was like $10 and it's like now $9.80. Like you're saving literally 20 cents, but because of that le- yellow sticker, you don't even look at the reality of it. You just take it. And this marketing has really affected um, the whole world when it comes to uh, the understandings of the West, that automatically they are the peak. And this isn't just recent. It's become uh, expounded recently, but it's not uh, recent. This is especially from the times of colonialization where uh, the British Empire, when they overtook so many countries, they colonized so many countries, they would actually make the people feel so much more inferior than them and that if they wanted to become the you know pinnacle of uh, humanity, they had to follow in their footsteps. So you had to eat like them, you had to talk like them. That's why so many cultures, uh, so many habits, they died when they were colonized because they, they were looked at as something like stupid. Like if we did this, is something stupid, this is something problematic. Um, and what they were upon was the right way to do it. So it was. It started off again from long time ago, but nowadays with the spread of Hollywood, it's become even worse. Okay, because the right way to be is that way, and you're so indoctrinated from a young age. You know, an average kid. I don't know. I didn't look at statistics, but I'm guessing more than five, six hours a day in front of a screen. The average kid, um, you know, in the morning, the evening, school holidays, now the whole day, his pastime on the weekends, movies. Uh, TV shows. What's he being? What's he watching? What's he being programmed to understand? Sub, subliminally, what's registering? He's sitting there and watching how a dad is, how a mum is, how kids are. When they speak about the LGBTQI plus community and making that more acceptable, what's one of the main ways they're pushing it through media? Because they understand how profound the effect is on the individual that's watching. So we as human beings all around the world have been, especially, you know, the last 20, 30 years, have been really like inundated with messaging of how the woman should be. With everything else, of course, but we're talking about women. How a woman should be. What's a woman like? How many stories do you hear? The girl, you know, 
she had a dream. Her parents were against that dream. She went against her parents. She achieved her goals. She lived happily ever after. How many times have you heard that story in a movie? How many shows are about uh, she's a strong, independent female, which means she breaks away from her cultural norms and she achieves whatever she wants? How many times do you hear the story of the strict parents, the traditional parents who are unaccepting of their children, but then the parents come around to how their child wants to be? How many times do you hear of the woman who was living a traditional uh, housewife uh, lifestyle and she got bored of it, so she decided to break the shackles Break the shackles and find herself? It's all the, the same narrative. It's all the same narrative. How many times do you hear now, especially especially the new ones, the girl, a young girl, she doesn't want to be that normal girl that wears dresses and skirts and plays with dolls. No, I don't want to be that. I want to be. I want to do the things that the boys do. But then the boys don't let me do it. But then I become better than the boys. And then everyone accepts me because I was so much better than the boys. Or I want to go and work this untraditional job that it's mainly for men. But I don't need to be bound by their norms. So I'm going to prove that I can do it and I can do it better than them. Blah, 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 blah. This is a narrative that is you know, throughout the movie. One of the brothers yesterday was telling me that he was watching, uh, he was at his in-law's house and they had a program on for the children. And so he's sitting there and he's watching and it was something along the line, I can't remember the name of the movie, but uh, there was a girl from our time wearing like pants and a shirt or something. And she goes back in time and meets old Disney characters. And all the old Disney characters, they're all wearing like dresses and looking fancy and feminine, etc. And they're like, you know, what are you guys wearing? Like, what's, what's wrong with you? And this is so much more comfortable. So like, Straight away, she changes all of those girls who are, you know, pretty and princesses. And I'm not saying they were good either. But those girls who were much more traditional, she changes them all to wearing, you know, pants and shirts and the like. So it's just, it's programming. So when our daughters are growing up, when our sons are growing up, what's being projected to them, they're accepting, whether they know it or they don't know it. They grow up, they get to 18, 19, 20 years old. What do they think an ideal female is? What do they think is appropriate for a female? What do they think the roles of a female are? And not what they see their parents doing. Because what's also mentioned in all of those movies and films and uh, TV series is that the old way, disregard it. That traditional way, that's wrong. That's bound by things like religion, bound by things like old customs, bound by things like superstition. So we don't want any of that. We want this new age stuff. We want this new style. We want what's modern, what is, you know, woke. We want that which is enlightening and so we reject everything that was traditional and now we have this new thing of how a woman should be so now if you were to ask you know any average 15 year old girl if she's not affected by a lot of this stuff like is it something that you want to do you know do you want to get married and and have a family they all tell you yes okay are you thinking of taking steps towards that so that when you're uh, uh, at an appropriate age for you to actually get married and have children and start a family they thought you look not really why because i have to do xyz first meaning set up my career so they've got this in their fitrah what they want to do but then they like psychologically like it's i can't do that it's an automatic blockage like this is what i want to do let me put a block to that and let me say okay no 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 i want to go and start a career then after my career i'll look to get married so it's there's already that indoctrination where the fitra is going one way, but I can't do that because I need to do this other thing. 
And where did they get that from? Again, their mothers weren't like that. Their grandmothers weren't like that. Societies weren't like that. It was literally uh, how uh, they've been indoctrinated through, again, movies and, and the like. And then the society builds around that. So they go on that trajectory. If you to look at, okay, how a husband and a wife are the dynamics when, they, when people do get married. How should the husband be? How should the wife be? A lot of them, they're basing their life experience not on how their parents were, not on what works religiously, not on what works by people who are experts in the field, but what, how movies are. This is how you're meant to be. This is how I'm meant to be. This is what we learned from a young age with movies, with raising kids. Everything is guided by how it should be. Now, how do we know if it's working or not? How do we know if it's good or not? You have to have a measure. Is the way the modern female is conducive to her nature, conducive to her happiness, conducive to success of herself and of societies? The reality is you're going to have a consistent no throughout anyone who has any sense of self-worth in terms of coming to conclusions, with whether he's looking at it scientifically or he's looking at it just from a realistic experience perspective. If you want to lie and reject reality, you say, no, 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 of course it is. Okay, no problem. Lie to yourself. Forget your emotional answers. We don't want emotional answers. You've got self-worth. Take a step back, take a deep breath, and study the matter. Scientifically, if you look at statistics, Yanni, the rates of divorce. When was divorce this high? The reason people are getting divorced, are there actually like valid reasons for divorce? We know divorce can happen, and divorce has happened. And in the campaigns of the Prophet, many of them got divorced. We're not talking about divorce itself, but the reasons for divorce. Oh, Yanni, she told me this, or he told me that. Like one little thing, which no matter who you marry, it's going to be the same. I'm getting divorced. I didn't know how they were. It's more accepted from marriage. See you later. After six months, sometimes they're pregnant, whatever it is. Big issue. Okay? Reasons for the divorce. The uh, the hayat of a woman. Modesty. The, the modesty of a woman. Has it gone up or has it gone down? The, uh, the happiness of women. And this is measurable. And they do do studies on this. And they've been studying it for decades. The, happy, the happiness of a woman. Are they happy or not? The substance abuse of women. Are they happier or not? And are they addicted to drugs and alcohol more than they were before or not? Everything that you say is meant to be better in life is worse. Anything measurable. Get anything, scientifically speaking, get anything measurable and women are worse off today. Maybe they're better financially. Maybe, okay, in certain things, they're better financially. But ask them, would you prefer to be a woman who has a house, but at 50 years old she's lonely, or do you prefer to be a woman who doesn't own her own house, but she's got a family and grandchildren? But even the finance issue, if you were to work like... Really, most people today, are basically drowning in, uh, in debt. In so debt. even that, you can probably counter that as well. So you're, you're hand, really correct. You can probably counter that. That okay, yes, you're you're making a lot more money, which is 100 percent correct, and that's that's a measurable success in your eyes. But on the flip side, you're also drowning in uh, credit card debt, in uh, house debt, Mortgage in uh, car finance. You're also drowning, you know, substantially in that. So again, there is that that uh, payoff, unfortunately. But if you look at again overall measure things, especially the woman's happiness, because we want that which is in the woman's nature and the woman's happiness. Sah, we all agree. Whether it's us and them, we're all gonna agree that we want what's best for the woman, and we want her to be happy. Everyone's gonna agree on that. Is she is what we're doing better for her, and is she actually happy? If you have no self-worth, 
in your answer, you're going to say, yes, she is. Of course, you're going to say, yes, she is. You have to say, yes, she is. Why? Because if you don't, it means everything that you're basing your uh, lifestyle upon is a failure. It's a lie. And you don't want to admit that, which is our next point. Is she happy? Is she happy as a woman where she is in life? Then give me the five minutes. When everyone's out, like on a mad night out, everyone's happy. But as soon as you get home, are you happy? When you're sitting in your bed, are you happy? I get, yani, I I always laugh at, it's not, I'm not sadistic, but about how, how much of a lie people accept. I always laugh when I see these influencers who have like three, four million followers and the most attractive people on the face of the earth and they're crying because of how lonely they are. You know, these models that are worth tens of millions of dollars, they're married to the, you know, the, the, the who's who of, of the world. They're coming and crying of how lonely they are and how an- anxious they are and how many issues they have. And I always, I always get, I always laugh, Yanni, what did anyone expect? And all of these other people, they're still trying to be like them and they see it's just a common theme. Whether you're a singer, whether you're a model, whether you're an actress, doesn't matter what you are. Up the top is lonely. But they're, they're made out to be the pinnacle of society. The pinnacle of what a woman and female empowerment is and of happiness. And most and, people and acknowledge that, that money, cannot buy happiness. But because it's marketed mm. from such a young age, we, we follow the lie, even though it's a lie. Even though it's a lie, but we follow it. So this is a, a, a big issue, okay, how it's marketed. And we want people... Muslims or non-Muslims to take a step back and leave the emotions leave the emotions leave the emotions saying anything a guy can do a woman can do leave that um, you know we don't live in the early 1900s or the 1800s we live in time where women can do whatever they want leave leave emotional slogans we don't want emotional slogans I can sit here and say you know going back to the NRL the Bulldogs are the best team in the comp okay Nassim where did they come in the competition you know for and against their attacking plays which plays do they have I can say whatever I want. I can say the Buruk's going to win the grand final next week. Does that mean it's a reality just because I say it and I believe in it? No. I'm going to, everyone's going to say, Habibi, you're delusional. Why? Because the facts speak something different. When it comes to this issue, let's take a step back. Leave the emotional jargon. Leave it. Leave the slogans on the side. What are the facts? What are the facts? And then let's address the facts. And the reality is it's not conducive not to her. It's not conducive to society, nor is she happy at the end of it, general, generally speaking. Okay? So, uh, again, the point that the West is the best at marketing, and it hides a lot of its studies. You know, there's a lot of companies, uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies and the like, or people doing certain PhD research or whatever it may be. They're meant to report all the facts. So they're meant to come with their research, you know, their hypothesis, blah, blah, blah. This is what our research showed. The conclusions, the good the good and the bad. What the West does is it shows you all the good possibilities, never tap on the final uh, outcomes, but it always hides away the fact of what, what are the uh, consequences of this action? What are the side effects of these actions? What are the harms that came from these actions? Like suicide, committing suicide. Why are people committing suicide? Why are people addicted to drugs and alcohol? Why are people more sexualized than they used to be? Why are people having more sexual partners than they used to be? Why are people getting sicker than they used to be, like sexually transmitted diseases and, and other types of things? Why are people uh, claiming higher levels of uh, mental health issues? Why are people uh, claiming that they're not as happy as they used to be? 
Why are certain people running away from modern Western lifestyle? And even in the West, why are people taking alternative uh, routes in life like Buddhism or uh, Hinduism or Hare Krishnas or they're going to like a minimalist lifestyle or they're going away to places where they're just going to relax? Why are people seeking this more spiritual uh, exit from, the, from their ways of life? Why are all of these people doing these things plus, plus, many, 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 many more? Why are people living that lifestyle? Tell us about the, the bad that's come. But they don't do that. And that's not being fair or just to the, pers- to the person that is in your audience. If I come and tell you, I say, Sheikh Nidal, take this drink. It's going to change your life. You're going to feel like a lion, Tabarakallah. You're going to climb up trees like you've never climbed before. You're going to be able to run for all of these miles. But you're going to do X, Y, Z. But I also failed to tell you that after one year, you're going to end up with very, very, very bad arthritis. You're, that's not fair. That's not just. That's not fair. That's not just. In certain industries like medicine, you can get fined for that. You get sued for that. You can have your license revoked for that. But we do that because there's no consequences in our lifestyles. We tell people, do this. This is going to make you happy. You're going to have money. You're going to feel empowered. You're going to feel enlightened. You're going to feel like a strong individual. You're going to feel independent. You're going to blah, 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 blah. Okay, no problem. What are the consequences? Tell me of the consequences. And they don't do that. Because it's not criminal. But as human beings, we need to be much smarter than that and actually say, what are these consequences so we can do with it? So don't fall for the marketing. So we're basically being don't fed a lot of false advertising today. 100%. And 100%. a lot of us are buying it, sadly. And there are more and more voices. So we'll get straight into the second point. With it. There are more and more voices that are speaking out against this now. There are more and more voices that are speaking out Excuse me. There are more and more voices that are speaking out against this so, now. So they're acknowledging and identifying the problem. Yeah. The problem is that those voices are always drowned out or ridiculed. Okay. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. So the next point, and this is the final point from the introductory uh, matters, the general introductory matters, that solutions to many of the problems we face are either not spoken about or given they're given solutions that won't work and or given further band-aid solutions. We have a lot of issues in society. No problem. We can fix all of those solutions. We can fix all of those problems, inshallah. The problem is they're never spoken about. Why? Because it means destroying the entire narrative. It means destroying literally the entire narrative. If you say, for example, that we have a problem where women are, you know, 30 years old and they're not uh, married. What's the word again for a woman that's not married? Like Annie said, but uh, what's uh, the word in English? I can't remember the word in English. So we've got a, a, a big problem. You know, women the, are... The male is a bachelor, isn't he? Or he's looking... He's a bachelor. He's a bachelor. She's, she's a bachelor, right? <laughs> but that's, they're looking. They're the ones that are looking for right, yeah. to get married. I can't remember the word. Maybe there isn't even a word in English. Maybe it's just Arabic. Allahu uh, Alam. They used to make us say Miz at school. Miss. Yes. Not Mrs. Is that still around? Yeah, it is. But people don't speak English. That's the problem. People don't speak English today. Allahu Alam. It's a big issue. Someone was telling me, uh, you know, about the word use and how, okay, it's not proper English, but apparently some dictionary has started to put it in there. Mm. And I'm like, how stupid have we become as human beings that our mistakes, we're starting to uh, acknowledge them and make them, uh, make them like actual facts now. Okay, everyone says use. So yeah, let's just make it a word in the dictionary. The only time someone corrects someone else for English mistakes is when they're angry with them. They get something <laughs> on them. That's not English. Say you, not use. It's uh, a lot of people get very upset about it, but 
we should learn how to speak properly. Some of our teachers at school back in the day, they were really good at that. They would not and let us speak incorrect English. And, and I actually the appreciate The older generation, that. they had instilled in them from a young age when they were in school. From a young age, you had to speak properly. Whereas like our generation, like now if you put full stops in your messages, people see it as offensive. You know, the only thing I enjoyed about watching all this news about the Queen's passing was um, the English, the English of the King. And the <laughs> <laughs> did you actually... I didn't bother, I didn't bother with it. If you have time, watch heard, one of the I King's uh, earliest speeches after his mother died. Um, I think the first one, I don't know what language we're speaking anymore. <laughs> well, you got to remember the last thing, the last time this happened was like, what, 70 years ago. Yeah. So it's, it's the, the book's quite old of what the process Forget is. Forget about what he was saying. I'm just saying the actual yeah. English like they're using. Thy and thou. Very nice. Yeah. I, I actually appreciate the English, like a, that proper English. I actually like listening to it compared to a lot of the modern day usage and slang and it's it's bad. It's bad. Like even normal spelling, people don't understand. Like get them a book because yeah, of well, autocorrect. Even how to spell is it's not good. Uh, people like the spelling's down. It's, it's get back. Let's get back on track. Yeah, let's go. Um, solutions to many of the problems. <laughs> <laughs> so the solutions to many of the problems they're there, but if they take them, they're literally smashing their entire uh, narrative. So again, know your direction. Know your destination. You know your direction. If you say there's no problem with a woman being thirty years old not married. Okay, if you say that, then you're not going to worry about the solutions for that issue. Okay, but again, if we look at the benefit of the woman herself and the benefit of society, of course, liberalism is different to Islam. Liberalism is the individual; it's very individualistic, whereas Islam is communal. Okay, it's a communal benefit. So, if you say that um, there's no issue, then you're not going to worry about what, what we're going to say next. Okay, but if you say no, for her, her fitrah, her nature is that she has an inbuilt in her that she wants to be a mother. She wants to nurture the next generation. The communal benefit is that society is not buckled. We don't have people sleeping with whoever, whenever, however, billah, leading to all of these diseases and, and, and mental health issues. Okay, Rather, you have purity. The man is with the woman, and inshallah, they start a family, and then you have a next generation that's able to carry uh, the older generation. Okay, It's able to carry the economy, carry the country, carry the older generation and the like. So the, realistically speaking, you need to have children. Simple as that. Okay? If you get into that, say, okay, we can't be focusing on, or one of the issues, if you study it properly, one of the issues that's leading to this is they're finishing off the education, the high school education. They go to tertiary education. Let's say another three, four, five years in university. Then they want to start off their career. Then they want to worry about getting married. We've spoken about this before. Guys, when they want to get married, let's say, on average, 25, 26, okay? And I'm not saying that's the right age to get married. It could be much younger than that. But let's just say 25, 26, he doesn't want a 30-year-old woman. He's going to want a woman that's younger than him. 18, 19, 20 years old, for example. He wants to get married to a younger woman. He gets married to a younger woman. Who's going to marry the 30-year-old woman? Now, if the guy is also now 30, 31, 32 and he's looking to get married, well, certain questions arise. Why is he 30, 31, 32 years old and not married yet? Keep in mind, as a big side note, for everyone that's, again, trying to get married and they're taking all the right steps to get married and they're not married yet, we're not talking about them. We're talking about people that have set up a system that they make up, they make the mistake, okay? Also, they set up a system where they take steps and that leads to not getting married. 
We're not talking about people that have been trying, been looking to get married for 15 years, but subhanAllah just hasn't worked out for them. We're not talking about them. We're talking about people that follow the system where they've wrecked their own lives with their own hands. So now this guy, he's 30, 31, 32 years old, uh, looking to get married. Okay, why hasn't, why isn't he married yet? One, maybe it just hasn't worked out. Okay, beautiful. We're not talking about him. Number two, maybe he's got some issues. Maybe he's got real issues that don't make him suitable for marriage. A woman doesn't want to marry him. Maybe he's been married and divorced. Maybe he's got married and divorced as kids. Certain women, that, especially if it's their first husband, they don't want to marry a guy like that. Maybe uh, there are other reasons that a woman who's looking to get married, like let's say he's not the most successful person in life. Okay? Maybe she's very successful. Maybe she's a doctor. Maybe she's this. Maybe she's that. She says, look, I'm, he's a good guy and everything, but I want a guy maybe on the same standard as me, dunya-wise. Okay, he doesn't get married, she doesn't get married. What's one of the solutions to this big issue? Get married younger. Get married younger. Yani when a person's appropriate, at an appropriate age of getting married, okay, and mentally, physically, emotionally, they can be married in their late teens. Which was really the norm when we it were younger. Was, it was the norm even earlier than that. It was the norm even earlier than that, yani in the early teens. Okay? But we're going to talk about the mindset as to why. I'm saying like when, yeah. we, were, when we were younger, most people were a lot, married. A lot of these 17, 18, yeah, 19 years yeah, old, they were yeah. married, 100%. Now Especially the women. quite a bit now. Okay? If you say now, okay, we understand you know, the, the concept of 17, 18, 19 years old getting married. A lot of them are going to have a problem. Why? Because, number. Well, by the way, legally you can get married in Australia at 16 years old uh, with your parents' uh, consent. Okay? So it's not like this guy's talking about getting married before 18. No. You can get married legally in Australia when you, with your parents' consent if you're 16 years old or above. If you say we're going to focus on marriage like that, they're going to be like, okay, but that's going to affect a woman's career. Again, see, know your direction. Uh, know your destination. You know your direction. If you're focused on the career, then you're 100% you're not going to want to get married. But if we're focusing on what's conducive to the woman, her nature, and her happiness, then don't put it into something and then you, know, you put it into detriment later on. We don't, we don't need to focus on that. We don't need to focus on that. Number two, we need to focus on that which is beneficial, especially Islamic from an Islamic perspective. Uh, number two, they may say, okay, a woman at 16, uh, 17, 18, 19, even 16, 18, 19 years old, even 20 years old, she's not ready to get married. Physically she is, because a woman physically, she becomes a woman when she goes through her menses. But mentally, mentally she's not ready for marriage. Beautiful. Why were the women who used to get married when, even when we were younger, at 18 years old, for example, why were they able to become mothers and look after their household and raise a family? Sometimes even carry their husbands. And why were women before them getting married even in the West at 12, 13, 14, 15 years old? Why were they able to get married at that age? Because from a young age, they were nurtured to that, for that role. From a young age, she was prepared that when she's like 15 years old, but she's like to be like a 30-year-old woman today. Like the men as well of yeah. that time as Especially well. Especially the men, they could get out for wars at that age. Yeah. Okay? So you had these responsible, mature uh, teenagers that were very capable of getting married. Our issue is that the adults in our time aren't, aren't ready to get married. We want to baby them. Again, this is part of the Western philosophy. We want to baby them until they become 18 years old. Like, no responsibility, no cleaning skills, no cooking skills, no dealing with people skills, no any interaction skills. Um, there's no uh, responsibility. Like, okay, go do this. 
to just to teach them, you know, things about life. Go do this. Go fill up this. Go get me this. Go do with that person. Go. People don't know how to pay bills. People who they don't know how to do anything. The only thing they know how to do is go for different filters on their social media accounts. That's the only thing they know how to do. Besides that, do they know how to do anything? No. And use Uber Eats. That's another thing. They know how to use oh, Uber Eats. Very important. Very, 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 very important. I don't have money. Why? Because you spend $600 a week on food, Habibi. Okay? They don't know any skills in life. So it becomes a problem that's led to a problem because we're not worried about marriage anymore or because they've got to get a career. So we're not worried about preparing them for marriage. And then from the stupidity of society, especially of parents, because they should have be been more smarter than society, is that parents expect them now that they're adults, Yalla Habibi, you, you know, you got to go get a full-time job. Yalla Habibi, you're going to get married soon, inshallah. You have to fix yourself. Ma, you don't fix the tree after it's grown. From when it's planted in the ground, as it's coming up, you've got to stick in the ground. So it grows upright. Other than that, if you let it go, whatever it wants, it falls into photosynthesis. It's going to lean towards the sun in order to get its nutrients. <laughs> nice. That's what's going to happen with our children and society. They're going to lean to whatever society took them. Did I get them ready for marriage? No. Did I get them ready for adulthood? No. Did I get them ready for our life in the wilderness? No. So the stick is not there. The stick is not there. So they're going to come out yani, demented. <laughs> they're going to come out yani, sideways. And that's what's happening with humans, with adults. We're not ready for anything. Yani, get rid of our phones for three hours. We start to go through like, yani, panic attacks and crazy right, anxiety. Yeah. Okay, we can't live, we haven't lived as humans. Tell a guy, someone to fill up petrol or to go pay a bill or to go interact, go interact with other human beings. They can't, they can't do anything. Tell them to think about the thought of opening up a house and having children. Like you got a guy like 30 years old thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to get married, man. Brother, you're 30 years old, tabarakallah. <laughs> like, what are you waiting for? Anjad, what, do you, what is it that you're waiting for that will actually make you feel that you're ready for marriage? No one's ready for marriage, but you have the skills that can help you be a, uh, that can help you be a married person and that ready for marriage like what's ready for marriage but do you have the skills do you have the mindset do you have the maturity to be married of course you're, you're ready for marriage like emotionally you're ready for marriage blah blah, blah. but anyways the solutions are there but you can't take because it destroys the narrative okay they talk about uh, females not being happy okay so what do we do like part of the band-aid solutions what do we do when females are unhappy we give them antidepressants okay what about focusing on the things that made her unhappy in the first place? Why don't we focus on that? Why don't we look at the reasons she's not happy and fix them? We talk about um, uh, the the need for uh, countries and societies to uh, have more children. Okay, why aren't we looking at the reasons why we don't have enough children to carry a society? Why? Okay, we want to bring people from overseas like immigration. One of the main reasons we need people to come for immigration is to is to feed the workforce. Because there aren't enough people then, there aren't enough people having kids. So we need to get other people in from overseas. Okay, why aren't people having children? So many things are going wrong and we don't want to talk about why it's gone wrong. Sexual abuse, sexual harassment, rapes, they've gone up. Why? Talk about the reasons why. From amongst the main reasons is the over-sexualization of females. The over-sexualization and then the nature of the man, the increase in pornography, what they say in media that a woman loves that stuff. What do you expect this young teenage boy to do? We're not saying it's right, but solve the problem. Oh, no, we need to tell boys um, to a woman can do what she wants and you're not allowed to do anything. Okay, I don't remember the last time I ever heard any person say to their son, you can go do whatever you want to a female. They've always spoken about respect for females. But don't forget the nature of the man. 
Don't forget the nature of the man. Don't forget what you're instilling in this man with the movies and the TV shows and the songs from many of them females themselves putting the things out there that they're putting out there and then expect a man to not do anything or respond in any way. And now we've got females yeah, sexually abusing males okay, because they think they've got a free ticker. Why? Because the over-sexualization, especially of the youth, it's just, it's crazy, but it's happening all the time. Okay, how do you solve that? How do you solve that issue which is leading to that problem? Because all we're doing now, okay, we need to do this committee and we need to do this non-profit organization and we need to do this uh, awareness campaign and we need to do these classes in schools. We're going towards that place. Uh, you know, some of society's issues, as an example, the LGBTQI plus community have the highest rates of substance abuse and suicide. Okay, why do they have the highest rates of substance abuse and suicide? Is it because they're bullied their whole life? Ma, you guys tell us that you know, so much of the time, uh, those people who have these issues and lead to that, Aslan, they don't interact with a lot of people or uh, they don't feel comfortable in their own bodies, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. Okay, maybe there's other reasons. Maybe what they're doing is unnatural. Maybe what they're doing to themselves is problematic. Maybe what they're, maybe what they're doing needs uh, further assessment, psychologically, mentally. Maybe sometimes they want to get help, but they can't because a psychologist can't talk to them about, okay, you're gay and you don't want to be gay because you have many of the people. They don't want to be in, they don't want to have those feelings or thoughts. They get a psychologist, psychologist says, I can't help you. I could lose my license if I, if I treat you. But they want the assistance. A young child, you know, 11 years old or 12 years old, they have gender dysphoria. A boy thinks they're a, they're a girl or a girl thinks that they're a boy. They're a child. They don't know what the heck they feel. They've got an imagination. They don't know what's going on in life. They can't buy alcohol. They can't fill up petrol. They're not even allowed to fill up petrol at the, at the fuel pump. They're not allowed to buy cigarettes. But in many countries around the world now, they can force, they can force their parents, the, not that they force, they don't need their parents' consent to go and get hormone drugs off doctors to block their puberty, for example. Okay, and then to sometimes do operations. And if their parents don't want to do it in some other states, then the school can judge on their behalf. Like, whoa, whoa, stop. Maybe there's a bigger problem here. Maybe the kid's a kid. And they just want to be a kid. And how about we hold off until the kid is a person who's able to make those decisions that are going to affect them for the rest of their life. But we never, we're, we're never allowed to talk about those issues. We're never allowed to talk about the solutions to the problems. Why? Because it, it's, going to get, it's going to destroy the whole narrative. You know, Elon Musk, okay? Everyone knows Elon Musk, uh, one of the most famous people in the world today. He was like, he created like a, a big uh, storm on social media because he spoke about the world's problem is overpopulation, uh, under uh, population, not population. The population is too little. I forgot even the word now. We've been speaking for too long, Tabarakallah. So. That the world's population is not enough. Okay, especially in the right places. The world's population is not enough. Is overpopulation, underpopulation? Underpopulation. Okay. So the world's population is not enough. What we're having is not enough to sustain the, is sustain future generations. So the, Obvious answer to that is what? Have more children. Okay, it's not hard. We need to have more children then. No one wants to talk about, okay, if you want to have more children, then like guys can't have kids. Okay, again, religion, uh, reality, history, scientifically, guys don't have kids. It means women are going to have to have more children. Now, if you want women to have more children, when are they going to have those children? 35, 40 years old? Or 
if you want to have a much higher chance of having healthier children and being able to raise their children properly, having children younger. Well, if you have that focus, then guess what you're going to have to do? Not get them to focus on their careers. Because it's very, 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 very hard. Okay, I know some women do it. They're the exception to the rule. Who have like an excellent career and then, mashallah, are able to raise their children properly. Properly. In our day and age especially. Very hard. Not impossible, but extremely hard. Close to impossible. Okay? Bring it back. Are we going to tell people that? No one talks about that in the solutions to their problems. One commentator spoke again about it, and again, this person's one of the most famous people in the world also in terms of social media, and they're quite a logical person. And they said, when they were talking about that clip, they said, uh, you're always going to have this issue except in places where women are oppressed. Except in places where women are oppressed. So countries where women are oppressed, yeah, they can have kid, kids. But where women are like free and liberated, oh, okay. you're not going to have that. So Hold on a second, stop. So you got a, a solution to a world problem hmm. and the only people that have that solution are people that are oppressed. Maybe they're not oppressed. Maybe they're living the right way then. Maybe, like, maybe what they are doing is actually working. And maybe what you're doing actually needs to be reassessed. But they won't reassess it. They can't reassess it because it goes against their narrative. Let a, let a prime minister come out and say, you know, we uh, we believe one, two, three, four, five, and change the narrative on women and how women are and how women should be. What do you think is going to happen? You're gonna have a massive problem. Well, Masim, uh, we can speak all day, as you know, but sadly we've run out of time. So how about a quick recap of the, the two main points we mentioned today, and we'll wrap up. The two points mentioned today is that one, the one that we just mentioned, is that solutions are there, but they can't take them because if they take them, the whole narrative of the West is destroyed when it comes to women. And so it's just going to increase. The problem is just going to increase and we should be smarter to see the issues and that the West is the best at marketing. Okay, Currently, the West is the best at marketing, even if their product is the worst of the worst, but they're the best at marketing. So we as intellectual beings, we need to be able to look past the marketing, just like when you go to the shops, don't be fooled by the, the yellow tag. Actually read how much you're saving or and compare it to other products that are there so you don't get fooled. Same thing now. Don't just take the emotional uh, jargon and slogans that are thrown at you. Actually move them aside a little bit and say, what's, what's the reality behind it? What are the facts behind it? And or what are the consequences of these actions, these beautiful actions? That sounds so beautiful and utopian. Be- yep, we agree. What are what's the reality behind that? What what are the consequences behind it? Has that led led to the actual betterment of females, the betterment of societies? Has that led to the, an increase in happiness of them? Most of something you're gonna find though. And just a final statement on that will help you with all of this, inshallah. That point which we can't stress enough upon: modern Western philosophy is not based on religion, which for the Muslim should be enough. It's not based on science, which for the logical person should be enough. It's not based on history, which again, societies, for societies that should be enough. And it's not based on reality. For every human being, that should be enough. It's not based on logic. It's based on whims and desires. Barakallah, Fiqh, Sheikh Nassim. What's coming up in part five next month, inshallah? Uh, next month, maybe next week. Allahu Alam. Yes. Uh, we're going to be speaking about specifically why the Muslim women, inshallah. So some points... Uh, these were general points for all humans. It's basically an introduction. This is, now we get into uh, why the Muslim women 
then how they do it, and some of the techniques that are used in achieving it, some of the consequences, and some of the solutions, inshallah. Barakallah fiqh, Sheikh Nassim. We'd like to thank all our viewers and our team today. Our team, our team, our team of three today. May Allah bless them. And don't forget to like and subscribe to our pages on YouTube, Instagram, and all our podcast channels, especially on Apple Podcasts and Podbean. Barakallah fiqh, dear brothers and sisters. And until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.